Well, hi, you guys. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. Um, I'm excited tonight because we got Rob coming on. Bill London's newscast is coming up a little bit later. And you are, um, if you're living in Oregon, you're going to be very sad. <laughs> because while we thought the toilet was being flushed, now we know it's really being flushed. And so, Rob, uh, you know, I don't know why we bring Rob on here, but some of you guys really, really like him. Um, for me, it's kind of, eh, you know, a little bit, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there. Um, Rob is, uh, he pays attention to what's going on in Oregon and he has a funny way of looking at it. And so I love bringing him on and talking about that. So he'll be coming up first. Then Brian Miskimmons from our weatherman is going to be coming on talking about the weekend coming up on weather all the way from Oregon through Montana. He's a former weatherman out of Portland, but he lives now here in Polson, Montana. And then, as I said, Bill London will be here. Our sponsors tonight are Chris Dental Family Dentistry and Denture Center, where if you want somebody who believes in freedom, who believes in America, who believes that you, even freedom for everybody, not just for the party he agrees with, he believes everyone should have the right to have their freedom to be able to say what they want to say. He's your dentist. He is located in Eugene. He's one of our major sponsors, and we really appreciate his support. Other sponsor, JDEV Investments, Jim St. Clair and Daniel Basaraba. Uh, both Oregonians who develop property for people to make really cool spaces for commercial and uh, and also residential space. Uh, they hear what we do, like what we do, and wanted to help sponsor as well. And then New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness Center. Matt's been one of our longest sponsors. Uh, if you have not had a hyperbaric treatment, you need to go do that. The other thing is, for those of you in Oregon who are living in um, the dreariness of the rain and the clouds, and I know it's been raining like crazy there, if you suffer with um, SAD, you know, that, what is it, um, something affective disorder. But anyway, Rob will tell us. He knows. He knows all these medical terms. But if you if one of those people that suffers from depression because of weather or because you're not getting enough vitamin D, which we get from the sunlight, Matt can help you. Uh, the light therapy that they do there is absolutely amazing. All right, so let's not dilly dally around. Dilly dally. That sounds like my mother. Did you hear that? <laughs> it, Mika, it goes full cycle. It does that. Uh, oh, seasonal, Tim, Tim, Tim seasonal affective, it. seasonal affected or affective disorder. Tim, Tim already answered it, but you're good. But well, that's why. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for taking my. I got nothing now, Tim. That was my my whole time here this evening was predicated on that. Thanks, Tim. Well, you know what? You know what, Rob? That's pretty sad. Oh, well, well done. Nicely done. I got to start off by saying the amount of people that stop me and go, hey, I love seeing you on Dancer, uh, which is weird because I didn't think anybody actually watched you. Um, but that crossover <laughs> that follow both of us is is pretty interesting and pretty cool. It's uh, it's enjoyable. I've had people that work in restaurants be like, I saw you in Rick's show the other day. That's so cool. Or just stop me in Safeway. And it's funny because I'm kind of, you know, loud about my opinions and whatnot. So hard you. to believe. No, it's true. It's true. So like, I'll, I'll get those looks from people. And my first thought is, we doing this? We doing this right now? You want to do this right now? And then they'll walk up to me. And sometimes even they're wearing a mask and it's like, oh, they're, they're, this is going down. They're like, saw you on Rick Dancer. Really loved what you guys do. And they'll put their mask up and leave. And it's like, you can't do that. You can't lead up like that and then change it to something nice. Um, so we're talking about the Rick and Rob show has begun. It, it has. It's like Ren and Stimpy, and I don't know which one is who, but uh, but it's it's pretty cool. The crossover, and those of you that do, you know, kind of cross over, and you're in that that strange netherworld of Montana and Oregon. You follow both of us. Um, I, I appreciate that. It's it's pretty cool. So, Rob, did you hear today the Biden administration renewed the COVID nineteen public health emergency because cases are on the rise? Oh, I didn't see that coming. Oh, I think Pfizer stock has gone down a little bit. So we've got to jack it up and get up. Like I've 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 had all my, my boosters and I'm I'm doing fine. And I'll tell you, naysayers nays, 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 nays out there that don't believe in them, um, you're just missing out. It hasn't affected me at all. Did you hear Dr. Fauci say the other day? I heard on the radio that he was saying that they were talking about the football player who passed out on the field and had which one. Well, yeah, no, the most recent, you know, the Monday Night Football. That okay. Yep. Um, he, he, he was talking about, he says, you can't ask the question whether he was had the vaccine or not. And it's like, what the hell? What you had you to ask if I, I had the vaccine to get a haircut. 
when did when did Dr. Fauci become the guy who can tell me or any of us what we can or can't ask? Because shouldn't you know? Here's the thing, you know. I and, and this my own opinion on that is as a reporter, a former reporter, um, is I think of all kinds of questions that should be asked, and then you, I mean, people can say no, that's not it, or can't, it's not factual, but that we are stopping people from asking questions like that if we don't find yeah. out. What if some, there's a lot of evidence coming out that this thing could be pretty dangerous. And yeah. if, we look, if we don't at least look into what we just go, oh, never mind. I mean, it's like if, if the newest study comes out on, on some kind of cancer and there's a tie to something else, what, we don't ask the question because it's inconvenient? Gas stoves, natural gas stoves. Oh, now they're it. talking about, oh, we got to stop this. Oh, do to check the stoves. Make sure you have stove COVID. Make sure it's okay. Do you have the stove that has the gas? Um, yeah, hey, hey, have you have your COVID shot? You may not ask this. Like, it's insane. The, the, the left, the crazy, insane left is driving the narrative completely. Fauci needs a K in there so I can pronounce it differently because he is a demon. He looks like a Nazi higher up doesn't he like right so i may or may not have made a couple memes with him wearing like jack boots and, and the nazi hat and like he fits it to a t he fits it to a t we're, we're both gonna get banned by the way by the way everybody it was nice being on here it's nice being on social media we're gonna get kicked off today so did you see where um bill's gonna have it in his newscast coming up tina kotek the governor of oregon now is putting all this uh, money into homelessness and and people are going wait a minute didn't we put like how many millions last year into this? And, 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 and now she's meeting daily I, or weekly, I guess. I don't know if it's in person or over the phone with Wheeler, the mayor of Portland, uh -huh. which, which just hit on this newscast you're going to hear, just hit a record for murders for one year last year, 101 murders. Portland, we knew you could do it. How many? 101. For last year. For last year. I went to public school, but that's like several a month. <laughs> and, and, that's... And, and so now, you know, and look how long it took Wheeler and all of them to start going, we really need to look into doing something about this. This is the stuff. This is why I go back and I have on here. Let's use our voices. If we're not asking questions like this. Yeah. And, 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 and I, you know, I mean, I have a ton of left friends who are saying the same thing, who are going, wait a minute, something's yeah. just not right here. This is not, this isn't the left. This is like the, the, the follower party. And I don't know who yes. they are, but it's the communists. It's, it's the progressive way far regressive. Yeah. Movement. And, and it's like, it's driving. I put a question on my, on, I, I saw Casey. I had a, on their website. I saw and that. Question, and they're saying how, um, why are you moving to Oregon? We're doing a story and we want to get some people if you know of anyone. And so I wrote on there, it seems to me that you should be doing also asking the question, why are so many people leaving yep. Oregon? Because people still are coming to Oregon. Yeah, that's and it's true. But but a huge uh, I was reading an article the other day said a huge in, uh, outflux of people are also yep. leaving. So why wouldn't you do the story on both? And I had as of tonight, 585 comments. And I'm talking Crazy. normally, you know how this business works. Yep. Normally you'll yep. get 10 or 12 and, and on a good day, I might get 60. Yep. 500 and, and I went through as many of them as I could. And I only found one comment on there that was saying why they, the positive of why they were moving. It was story after story of people who'd gone to Arizona, Arkansas, yes. I mean, all over the place. And I think- that's what maybe the governor should start looking at is well, what are we doing that's not not that we're getting our way. What are we doing that's not working for all Oregonians? Driving people away. When we had base and tackle up until you know a few months ago, we were losing people. We were losing customers at the rate of a a single unit, like a, like a person or a family unit, almost a week that were moving out of the area, that were leaving, either going to Eastern Oregon, which was not that that common, or just completely out of the state. We were losing that many, just by attrition, just by people just leaving and saying enough is enough. Now, you talked about, you know, we got rid of Kate Brown. You know, the, the saying was Kate Brown, flush her down. Well, they've, they've pulled the handle on the toilet, and now Kotex 
has plugged the toilet and it's overflowing and it's going to be so much worse. How's that for a visual for you? you oh, gosh, you're so gross. Wait till, the, uh, you hear, wait till you hear Bill's newscast coming up because I'm afraid he's really he really gets into some of the bills that are coming up. Um, oh, they're expected. The legislative session starts on Tuesday. They're expecting four thousand pieces of legislation this session. And the problem is that the people who get to decide what bills go to the floor or to committee to go to the floor, it's both Democrats. There's no Republican yeah. there. So yeah. the chances of anything that any person out here who is somewhat conservative, middle of the road, a Republican, that they're going to have a, a piece of legislation even get considered is highly unlikely. Do, do we just hope that the whole state collapses and has to start anew? Like, what, what do we do? You talk about understand. throwing money at homeless. We keep throwing money at homeless. We do the same thing here. And that, that's a misnomer because this is not a homeless issue. This is a criminal vagrant issue. The people that are homeless and just need a, need a hand, need some help, absolutely those people exist. They're that much of the equation. It's the criminal drug abusing vagrants that are causing the problem. And everybody gets thrown, they get thrown under that blanket of, oh, it's homelessness. We have to help them. Oh, right. they're homeless. They're not homeless. A lot of them, most of them choose this lifestyle. And my interactions with them, and there's been many over the past several years, uh, has, has proven that time and time again, they choose that lifestyle. And you know, it's, it's, what's so distressing about that whole thing is, I remember like probably three years ago, I still, when I was still in Oregon, but um, Stephen Sheehan, who owned the Elkhorn Brewery, was coming out and talking about lawlessness because his build his building was getting destroyed every night. Yeah, like I remember know, windows, that. all the windows broken. So I kind of joined forces with them when we started trying to change the conversation. I became and now still to many people on that side of the fence, on the far, 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 far progressive end, um, think I'm they call me anti-homeless because there's nothing intelligent they can come up with. So they right. have to they have to try to label and 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 discredit me when I'm I'm 100 percent. But I don't think taking care of homeless people is allowing them to suffer on the streets. And that's what the current administration is doing. Um, they can dump all the money into it they want, but they're actually making Oregon a place that is attracting vagrants, um, criminals, yes. uh, people. I, I went down on the streets of Eugene and before I left, I'd ask these people, they're, they're, you know, they're decent people. They'll talk to you. And I'd say, why are you here? And they said, well, we get free medical care. We get food, a shelter, yep. and we can, we don't get in trouble if we use drugs. We just have to pay a fine and pay it back. And that's also, and, so we've and if they don't pay the fine. If they don't pay the fine, it's not enforceable. So I did the same thing. I just I had a couple of days where I just had enough of the bums. I call them skyvy, dirty bums. And I went and I started talking to them. And I, and, I, and I came up. They didn't know who I was. And I started with the, the, the conversation of, hey, we're looking to hire someone. We need some help. You guys want to come work today? No, nah, no, nah, we're good. We're good. We get our checks next month. And I'm getting conversations with some of these people. And this is, I mean, these are verifiable facts. And I have a lot of it on our social media. I would talk to them. And some of them would give me their names. They're, they're so institutionalized. They're so used to running into law enforcement. They go, hey, what's your, what's your name? Where are you from? Oh, it was Steve Smith. Uh, and they do it reflexively. We would look into a lot of their backgrounds. And the vast majority, and by that I mean every single one we encountered, but I'm sure there's I'm sure there's outliers that are not, but everyone we encountered and talked to, and we're talking, you know, double digits, had a criminal record, most of it violent criminal records, all of it drug related, and numerous of them sexual offenders. That that's here. I can't speak for everywhere, but here locally, that's what we had. And that was a real eye opener for me. That's what really started changing my whole attitude on the whole thing. Not that I was ever a namby pamby. Um, let's give them everything they want and they'll be better people. But it really solidified how I have to change my attitudes and protect my family and my neighborhood and my business and other businesses from this criminal vagrancy that we have going on. So where do you go like as a state with Oregon in terms of, you know, in terms of how do you how do you and I'm not saying gain control. I'm just saying get an equal idea out there because I think what happens is the reason people like when you and I are talking like this, I think a lot of people agree with us, but they're afraid because yes. um, they see what people do to people like you and me when you do speak mm -hmm. up. And um, I have never been treated worse than the last probably three years, especially with COVID and all that from people. Wow. Um, because um, once we once you start speaking up, you know, I mean, and then they, you know, I've, I've lost work. 
because of it, because yeah. people will call and, you know, and, but, but at some point I was going to ask you this, this is just kind of a weird question, but I'm finding that the things that are most valuable in life are authenticity and like being real, who you really are, really saying what you feel. Um, and, and, and the other thing is your, your credibility, if you're, and to, to find the truth, you know what I mean? And I think that's the yeah. problem is we have a country in a, a state of Oregon, especially that, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter to the people in charge. So it seems what the truth is, it's what can you get away with? What can you, yes. here's the agenda. We can tell people whatever we want. Well, I, get, I feel this with Fauci and them too, is tell them what we want to tell them, control that conversation doesn't matter what the truth is. It matters that we get people to do what we want to do. And my question, I guess, would be why, <laughs> you know, is your Pfizer money coming in or something like that? Yeah, I, I, I believe so. I, I think I think so many of them are ideologically driven. They, they really they are America haters. They really are. They've drinking the Kool-Aid for so long. They've watched CNN for so long. They've seen all these things for so long that they start believing it. And, and I often talk about I have a, uh, I, I had a friend for years and years, for, for decades, good, solid, conservative Christian, good, solid, conservative Christian family. You know, dad was a doctor, a naval doctor, went into private practice. They lived in Arkansas. They, they were just solid, conservative people, love this country. And over the course of a year, two years into Obama's presidency, they all went completely mental and became pink hat wearing freaks and deviants and it's a mental illness. We talk about, so we have a panel on here. Appreciate you, Rick. I've been listening for a while now. I'm a psych nurse and social worker, and you're exactly right. Um, there, there is a mass psychosis going on in this nation right now. There really is. And these people and you know, I, believe I, it, and they, they hate you. They hate you for telling the truth. Right. And see, and I, I think, the, you know, you feel like um, you just hunker down. And you just have to keep me. I think I'm in too far now. You just have to keep going. Yeah, you, can't, you are. You can't pull out yeah. and you just have to keep going because um, plus I can't, I could not live with myself if I thought that I was not at least seeking. And, and here's the thing I tell people all the time. I don't think I'm 100% right, but all I know is when I smell something and it smells like shit, it usually is, or has something of a shit tendency in it. Yes. And how you cannot hear this stuff like the you know Biden administration renewing the COVID nineteen emergency health thing. Oh, what a bunch of crap! I mean, if that doesn't smell yeah. like like poop water to you, I mean, COVID is not going away. It's here. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's like the cold. It's like the flu. And the more we read, the more we find out. I had a. I was on the but uh, the machine at the gym the other day, and this lady's next to me. You, I haven't told you this story, but. She's next to me and all of a sudden she just flips me some shit. And, and I looked at her and I got a big smile on my face and I went, so I threw it right back at her. And she looked at me and she goes, I knew you could do that. And I said, <laughs> she goes, she goes, I just choose. I try to read people and I knew I could do that to you. So we start talking and then she says, what, what brought you here? And I said, Oh, my wife and I just had to get to Oregon because it just crime and, and it wasn't the state we that I was born in and loved anymore. And I said, and they had this policy again, you know, no asking questions over COVID and all this stuff. And she goes, oh, she goes, I'm a nurse. She goes, um, I didn't get vaxxed. And she goes, and the mask yeah. is a joke. And we all know it. Anyone in the medical community knows it. And then she says, and Rick, I'm a Democrat. And I went. That's beautiful. What? That See, is beautiful. Because here you have this person. It's it doesn't this. I, I hate the fact that this has become left and right, because yeah. really I, we need to come up with a new name. You know, maybe it's the followers, the Fauci followers, or the yeah. or the fearful. I don't know, but it isn't just it isn't all Democrats, and especially when you come to a place like Montana, you find out like those are like the old Kennedy Democrats. Yes, you know I mean? yes, and. And it, it ref and people say, what do you love about it there? And I said, because nobody cares whether I'm a Republican, a non-affiliated voter or whatever. I, am. I mean, sure, they're concerned that they don't want this to turn into Oregon. There's billboards that say in Montana that say I haven't seen one in a while, but they'll say um, if you want to turn into Portland, Oregon, vote Democrat, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, and that's the way they feel about that 
that whole indoctrination and stuff. So I, again, I don't, I, I have too many Democrat friends that I know do not see this way, but somehow, um, how do we get back to authenticity? I, I, we just have to keep doing what we're doing. Make stupid memes, make silly posts, have fun with it, get the word out, do the serious part like we're doing right now. It's it, the social media is the printing press of today. Unfortunately, it's way too easy to censor us. And they are doing that. I love that you say you're in too deep and you've gone too far. I, some of my contracts and things that I do, some of my appearances and obligations and things like that are, are predicated on, you know, me being Rob from Basin Tackle. I had a friend call me the other day and we're, we're fishing buddies. He got to know me through who I am as, you know, Basin Tackle Rob. And he called me, he goes, dude, I just finished listening to you on the radio. He goes, you're the exact same person in real life. That is just the craziest thing. That doesn't happen. And you're the same way. You have to keep that authenticity. And if you lose that, and some of these contracts, I've had my, my, my people, I call them my pimps, that, uh, you know, they, 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 they ask me to do things, I do them, they give me money. What can I say? Um, and they've come to me and said, look, like we're getting, we're getting kickback from the government. We're getting kickback from this agency. They don't like what you're saying. And like, truly, like the, the state of Oregon, some of these government agencies and, and entities have had conversations about some of the stuff that I've been doing, particularly the ODFW, for example. And they said they don't like what I'm doing. And maybe you need to back off a little bit. And I've said, I, I can't. I'm in too far. Yeah. If I do that, I am not true to myself. And I ha that's the worst thing I can do. I took, I took money for something contractual a couple, probably four or five years ago, but I just didn't, it was nothing bad, but I just, I didn't feel it in my heart. And they gave me like, here, here's, here's a bunch of cash. Talk about us and promote us. And I did it for like, I don't know, a month. And it was like, I can't do this anymore. It's not genuine. It's not me. And I learned a lot through it. And I got a stack of cash, which was cool. But through that, I learned that I have to stay true and real, whatever it looks like, like it or hate it. I have to stay that way. And you're the same way. And I think that's why we, uh, that's why we pair well. Well, and one of the things I've started doing is, um, is focusing two, on two things. One, I'm not going to stop doing this um, because this is too important and to yes. letting people know that, you know, but I'm also starting to do more interviews with people on real life stuff, but it doesn't, yeah. because I'm I think I'm tired. It's I'm tired of, um, th there's not a whole lot I can do to change stupid Mr. Biden. Um, you know, I can't make you. And so at some point you have to just go and I'm not doing it to make people like me or dislike me. Um, I just can't care anymore. And yeah. but it's fighting for issues. And I always have to do that. But then focusing again on stories about people and human beings and some of the cool things going on, because I think people will get burnt out on the rest of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, absolutely. I, I don't watch regular news because I'm burnt out on it. I can't. I'm burnt out of politics. But yet here we are talking about politics. Right. I, I, I want to get off politics for a second. Before we went to air, you were talking about I asked you if you got through the storm. Well, and you said, oh, yeah, the weather's really nice. And what was the temperature you said it was? It's like 37, 38 degrees. <laughs> so sunny. My, my friend, that is Stockholm syndrome. You have been so beat down by bad weather. I have relatives all over the planet. And I was talking to one in the People's Republic of Canada the other day. And they're like, oh, yeah, geez, eh? it's whatever it was in Celsius, centigrade, whatever. But it, it equated to like miserably cold. But they're like, oh, yeah, it's a beautiful day. eh? And no, no, that's horrible weather. That's terrible weather. You just you've been beat down and subjugated. My friend, 35 is not a nice day I, yeah. under any circumstances. Well, I went on a hike today with my son was here because Kathy's birthday was yesterday. So we went on a hike. this oh, cool. morning. We went out like 12 miles and then we hiked six miles out. And we were in like, God, almost a foot of snow and, and it was quiet and beautiful. And you're out there going, Oh my gosh, I'm not at the gym. I'm out here in this. And we were taking off our gloves. Cause we're, you know, cause we're working. Uh -huh. yeah. And then I came home yeah. and I had to go to my neighbors cause I'm going to go um, out and shoot a story on ice fishing tomorrow on Canyon Ferry. So That's one cool. of my new friends in, in Montana sends me this. <laughs> For those of you wanting an update on snow, on update on Canyon Ferry, and look at that, somebody. Um, so that's a that's a side by side, but I see a pickup truck twenty feet away. If that, if I'm seeing the door right, get the hell out of there! <laughs> I've ice fished, and let me tell you what: the whole time you're out there, doesn't matter how thick that ice is, it cracks and it makes horrible sounds. And it's like, well, oh, this is this is how I die. Maybe I catch a fish while I do it. Well, I went and, and rode his four wheeler because I don't, you know, I don't do that all the time. You just want to make sure I could do it. And Kathy's going to ride with me, and then he's going to take us down. And we're going to the weirdest moment's going to be 
going from land to what to on top of the lake like water yeah but hey jesus walked on water why can't i write a yeah because you're not jesus and and yamaha or polaris or whoever that is pretty much yeah i don't you go slow wear a life vest you should just for funsies you should wear a life vest no because they'll make fun of me and you yeah, know no, that's, that's why you that's, want me to do it you want me to be maybe? like an oregonian puss and walk and <laughs> drive down there and think yeah in addition to my fancy haircut, I bring a life vest down here. And, you know, I'm going to have a hat on and I'm going to be bundled up and I'm going to be hauling ass out there to look for some uh, some fishermen. And they nobody knows we're coming. Um, that's cool. So we're, we don't have anything set. I'm just going to walk up and see what happens because that's way more fun of a way to do this kind of stuff. Good for you, man. That's I'll, I'll report back. And, yeah. Or, and, you know, or not. blub 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 exactly oh you know what i'd be done (laughs) there are there are things that are worse than death (laughs) yeah yeah living in oregon no okay living here living here is a fantastic wonderful magical thing it really is it's just that it's being it's being run by by hitlerian hardcore leftists and we talk about democrats and stuff like that all the time and you're right i I, we we need to we need to separate that we really do this is the most amazing beautiful place on earth in so many ways but it is so mismanaged it is so poorly run it is it is it has become something truly evil it really has how horrible i call it oregon with an e because it's gone it's not what it was just the 11 years that i've been here i've seen this massive change from from this magical place to a giant festering pile of crap that's not right so Rob, I, and I'm not going to give you any money from this, and I'm not going to I'm not going to give you any credit, but I'll tell you because if you're Oregon, I have a friend here from Oregon who's a, a, a graphic designer, and we're creating a T-shirt with you Oregon bastard. No, we really are, and I'm going awesome. to sell them because I think it would be really and, and, and we this great design. You're going to love it when you. No, see I it. thought about doing it. I was going. I was going to do it, but I can't do it. Not being from here, not being born and raised here, I don't think I can do that. I no, mean, it takes someone born and raised here that you can get away with it. Me, they're going to burn my house down. Yeah. <laughs> well, my house, is it's too cold to burn my house down. Right. Oh, no. Oh, I was 35 the other day. It was beautiful. <sighs> hey, you know what? I'm done with you. I should be. Just for now. My friend, always good to see you. You too, Rob. Say everybody, take care, everyone. God bless each and every one of you, and God bless America. <laughs> you have to love that guy because I know his mom doesn't. <laughs> he, he's he, look. Why you son of a? And if you do that, you control everything when you're. When... What, what what happened? I don't know. What? My mom's going to be talking to you about this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get a spanking. <laughs> I won't let her. I won't let her. <laughs> All right, let's switch gears a little bit. Brian, I'm so surprised you'd even still be here. I thought halfway through that you'd be like getting off there. Um, uh, you know, actually, I was running late, and so I, I'm. Uh, hopefully, my connection's good. I'm in a safe no, parking lot. Good. Yeah, Same really parking lot. Waiting to, I got my orders for my wife to go in and get stuff, but I was laughing so hard as he was talking because just yesterday, Rick, we were talking on the air about the different parts of the country and what 50 and sunny dictates in your wardrobe. So yeah. I related the story of back in 2019, February Super Bowl weekend, I had been Saturday, we're 45 degrees, sunny, a little bit of a breeze, but I was up on the roof of our house finally getting our Christmas decorations down. 45 degrees, short sleeve shirt and jeans. And it was funny because we were talking about like in Florida, you'd be bundled up in a parka. And, you know, meanwhile, up here in the North Country, it's, yeah, 45 is t-shirt weather. We went over to the neighbors here and, um, yeah, I walked up and she had like a t-shirt on. Yeah. And and, I mean, I was dressed in, you know, I had stuff that we'd been hiking and stuff like that and and so i was dressed pretty warm but i thought yeah it really is a different world but it is also here it's like a dryer 
Um, it it's is. a drier cold. And it definitely and, is. And so you, it doesn't chill you to the bone. Then I mean, when it's minus 55, yes, but that's, there's no bone left at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and you were mentioning how much of a good workout it is in, in, in snow. It is. I mean, it truly, I mean, I, you're in better shape than I am, but I, I, a couple of weeks ago when I ended up in the ditch and I was having to hike it in for a little bit, I, and that these were probably about waist deep drifts, but I was, you know, trudging through and it was, uh, it was a good workout. I was huffing and puffing pretty good. So in case you guys, this is Brian and he's a professional weatherman and he works with us. Um, comes on once a week and uh, just kind of gives us an idea of what's going on in the weather from Oregon um, all the way through to Montana. And um, I did read something today and they um, on the Newswire that said that Almanac was right. And I remember reading the Almanac early, but they said that they think that we're not out of the woods yet, no. that for Oregon and Montana, the whole Pacific Northwest, that some super cold weather is going to probably be coming in. And they said through January and February and March. I would not be surprised to see another turn like we did in 19. So that day I was alluding to Rick. So that was Saturday of the Super Bowl weekend. And then on Sunday, we woke up at least here in Polson, the cold front had come over the divide. It was down to 22 at five in the morning with a blustery East Northeast wind and snowing sideways. It did not stop until six weeks later in March. Yeah. And it kept going. I mean, it was like, just like that stretch of weather we just went through November, December. That was what happened then. I truly think we're going to get a little teaser next week here, but I think the bigger story is going to come up in February here. I really do. But Oregon, oh my gosh, they just keep, for all you or Oregonians that are watching, you guys just keep getting pounded wind and rain after wind and rain after wind and rain. And not to mention California. Yeah. I have a I have a buddy that uh, winters down in Northern California. He kind of helps care for a, um, uh, I think it's like an RV park during the winter, and then he comes back up here during the summer. He said he's on one of the lakes. I can't remember which lake it is. He said overnight it rose thirty feet. Wow. I mean, they need it, but the the not all the states getting it because I talked to my brother that's in Southern Cal, and he goes, "No, we're not really getting hardly anything." So. So what's the forecast look like this weekend for Oregon and Montana, Idaho? You know, for the most part, Rick, Oregon, another real good slug of moisture is actually, I just checked radar, the back edge is starting to push through right now. Real good slug of moisture pushing through wind and rain right now and then get a little bit of a break. But we're going to continue to see those surges come in from the west, southwest, over all the way through the weekend for Oregon and Washington bringing with it at times moderate to heavy rain and at times some blustery winds. And then it looks like we may get a little bit of snow, light snow activity around here for the weekend. Nothing major. Really, I think the bigger story, several of the forecast models showing at least a little bit stronger of a push of a front coming through Montana next week, probably along about Wednesday or Thursday. So about a week from now, but for the most part here, it's pretty calm. You're going to continue to be able to get outside and do whatever you want. And like right now here, uh, West of the divide, while I was on the radio this afternoon, I'd look out one studio window and it was dry. And I'd look out the other studio window and you'd see little light snow flurries flying out of the fog. So West of the divide, we're going to continue to deal with that inversion East where you are at Rick, a little bit less dealing with that, just occasional low clouds and fog, but uh, calm, I guess, overall in the weather department. Nicholas said, um, they had to close Highway 101 south of Port Orford. The highway's actually sinking. Wow. Oh, I believe it. There has been so much rain over there. I was just thinking about that the other day. You know, it seems like it's feast or famine. But yeah. hopefully, hopefully uh, the, the faucet will shut off a little bit after this weekend. But, yeah, for now, the pattern continues to be as it was when we talked a week ago, just these occasional bursts of very wet and a moderate to heavy rain moving through along with some blustery winds for Oregon and Washington. So Brian, how do people follow you? Cause I know you do this on your own um, without us. You just, you, I do, you, you know, and it's funny cause uh, people, I have a lot of followers just like you do that. I mainly, I've always said this. I mainly focus on winter weather events. So a lot of times I'll go quiet for months on end, but uh, it's Brian Miskimmons weather. So M I S K I M I N S weather. I need to get better about finding a new page name, but the problem is I cover, as you just mentioned, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, up to Montana. So it's not exactly uh 
an easy area to how do you encapsulate that all but um, yeah and it's mainly just to focus on winter weather higher impact storms and of course a couple of weeks ago i think the most recent post i made was actually regarding that big wind storm that happened over oregon and washington a few weeks ago that I would think at one point a quarter of a million people were without power during that one. And that it was is the- interesting how Oregon, the Pacific Northwest and Montana, I mean, because it all comes this mm-hmm. direction, usually yep. you some, some uh, form of it. It usually does in this particular case, because the jet, the energy in the jet has been a little bit further to the South as it comes North. It's been actually encountering this weak ridge that's been over the Rockies. That's that's why there's the storms are basically splitting so much as they do come over our region. And that's why we're not seeing nearly as much of action, weather action over here as they are over Oregon and Washington and California. Well I'm okay with that. <laughs> a little bit of a break. I yeah. have a lot of friends around here that plow and there was that uh four week, five, six week, whatever stretch or well, I guess it was almost two months that I, I don't think it didn't seem like they got a break. They were just going constantly. Right. So so cross our fingers, it's coming yes, back. I think right. it is. Thanks, yeah. Brian. See you Thank later. You. Man. Have a good night. You too, buddy. All right. So that's Brian, Miss Kimmons. And again, check him out if you guys are looking for weather information from Oregon to Montana. Um, and one thing I can tell you too, so if you, those of you guys in Oregon, one of our sponsors is New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness Center. They also do light therapy. Really good time of year for people with um, seasonal issues in terms of cloudiness and rainy and depression. Uh, get in and see Matt. Uh, you will love it. And they can program the light therapy for what you want, whether that's after a workout or something like that, they can. Um, now we're going to check in with Bill London. He has a newscast coming up and some of this is going to irritate you, um, but it is the place that where you live. <laughs> it is Oregon and uh, we do need to be informed. So here's Bill London, sponsored by Chris Daniel Family Dentistry. News Radio, all of it in 20 a.m. and 93.7 FM studios. I'm Bill London. Actually, this is not the KPNW studios. This this is a horse barn. Right, right there behind that, Mr. Ed. He's very old now and unable to speak. All right, here's a look at some of the stories we're following. And I'm going to just tell you right off the bat, it's going to be pretty much politically driven. So Oregon has a newly sworn-in governor. That would be one Tina Kotek, sometimes known as Kate Brown 2.0. And on her first day at work, after being sworn in, she signed three executive orders that she says will fight homelessness. And it is a sign, when you look at what she did, of how critical she believes the shortage of affordable housing is in the state. Now, the orders call for boosting construction and marshalling resources to try and get at least 18,000 people living on the streets off of them in Oregon. Advocates are welcoming the measures, but they say that not enough money is being spent to shore up mental health and addiction services. Last year, Oregon lawmakers passed a spending package that included almost a half a billion dollars in money to address homelessness and housing. But soaring inflation and a spiraling drug addiction crisis means the money didn't go nearly as far as they thought it was going to go. Gee, a spiraling drug addiction crisis, what what could have just caused that to happen? Oh, yeah, Oregon legalized all street drugs. Go. Unintended consequences? So anyway, the first executive order declares a homeless emergency for the state. The second directs state agencies to prioritize reducing homelessness. And the third sets a housing construction target of 36,000 units a year, which is an 80% increase over the current production in a bid to address the state's housing shortage. Now, interestingly, Oregon is among the five states that have seen the largest increases in the number of people living on the streets since 2020. As a matter of fact, according to the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, Oregon's homeless population has grown by more than 3,300 people since then, which is a 22.5% increase. And you've got to ask, well, why exactly is that? And does this necessarily address 
that. The declaration instructs the state's emergency management agency to provide assistance, support, and resources to municipalities and create an inventory of vacant and available state land that could be used for potential construction projects. The goal of building 36,000 new homes a year outlined in Kotex executive order would potentially allow the state to meet a 550,000 home target. How? Who knows? Kotex also wants lawmakers to approve yet another $130 million in emergency funding to move people off the streets, describing it as additive to the nearly half billion that was approved by lawmakers last year. She says she hopes to build on the initial funding proposal with a larger, more comprehensive housing and homelessness package during the legislative session, which starts next week. More on that in a little bit. Now, Oregon's House Republican Caucus, which has to be all on board if Democrats want to raise taxes, said that they want to remind the public, that taxpayers must not forget that we've already heavily invested into providing more housing and services, but that said, they want to work on bipartisan solutions. Okay, so the legislature. That is going to be kicking off in Oregon in earnest next Tuesday, and so far it's expected that nearly 4,000 bills are going to be considered by the legislature. And some of the legislation we know that has already been put forth by lawmakers deals with, as we just talked about, the state's homeless crisis and housing concerns. One of the bills that's been presented actually looks to help renters whose affordable housing is set to expire. That's House Bill 3042. It's sponsored by a Democrat, and it would require property managers and owners to provide two and a half years notice when affordable protections are set to expire. Over a hundred of the bills have to do with education. Part of that is a concern because, well, Oregon standardized test scores have not only fallen below the national average, but in some cases are worst in the nation. We're number last. We All right, so among some of the education proposals, Two that have been sponsored by Democrats are House Bill 2646 and Senate Bill 238. In the House Bill, it would require the Education Department to train school employees to recognize signs that a student is having a mental health crisis. 238, the Senate Bill, would actually require the Oregon Health Authority and the state's Board of Education to develop a curriculum that covers the dangers of certain drugs like the ones that Oregon legalized? Huh. Then you have Senate Bill 453 and House Bill 2554. They are sponsored by Republicans. The Senate bill would require school districts to designate sports categories according to biological sex, and the House bill would require parental consent for sex education in school. And what do you think the chances of those passing or even making it to committee are going to be? Well, you have to keep in mind that it is going to be the Senate president and the Speaker of the House that will decide what goes in front of committee. And guess who holds those seats? Democrats. The legislature... <clears throat> could make changes this session to your access to what your government does. And we're talking specifically about what are considered to be public documents. Now, state agencies have purposely charged exorbitant fees and used delaying tactics to keep not only the media, but private citizens from accessing documents that they are legally entitled to under Oregon law. And Senate Bill 160 would change that. Question is, will it pass? A bill inviting Idaho to begin talks with Oregon on the potential to relocate the state line that they share was read on the floor of the Oregon Senate. State Senator Dennis Lithicum is the lead sponsor of the bill. The bill notes that of the 15 rural conservative counties of eastern Oregon that are proposed to become parts of Idaho, 11 have already approved ballot measures indicating voter support. The bill also lists a number of reasons why Democrats should support it. The bill now needs to be approved by the new Senate president, 
Rob Wagner in order for it to even get a hearing. That's going to be real interesting to how, see how that shakes out and whether it actually even makes it to a committee. And if it does, whether it makes it out. Keep in mind, Republicans are still in the minority in both the House and the Senate. Now, there's another interesting bill that could uh, actually be, be debated and maybe voted on, and that is an opportunity for some people to cut their taxes. The group HomeShare Oregon is hoping to pass what's called the HomeShare for Oregon Act. Now, that would be a bill that would create a tax incentive for homeowners that were willing to rent out rooms in their homes to help increase affordable housing access. Now, HomeShare Oregon is a nonprofit, and they help folks find these kind of rooms in people's houses. They say that one out of three homeowners are mortgage burdened and 40% of people 65 and older are actually risking foreclosure. Tess Fields of HomeShare Oregon says that a minor adjustment in statute basically provides the homeowner with an opportunity to provide access to affordable housing for another person and also build financial resilience for themselves through tax credits. Right now, there's currently about one and a half million homeowners with a vacant room. If HomeShare Oregon were to house, say, 2%, that's 30,000 people who would actually have housing, all without new infrastructure. The homeowner, who may be having financial problems, would be charging rent and receiving it and get a tax break. Home sharing is something that obviously isn't for everyone. And Fields, though, says that at least for some owners, it's something to think about. Home Share Oregon says if they pass the bill this year, their goal is to try and help house 3,000 people in 2023. All right, in something that doesn't have to do with bills and the legislature, a woman was shot by a teenager who was out on parole and has now, she is suing the state's juvenile corrections agency for failing to supervise the youth. This would be Amaretta Rice, and she alleges that the Oregon Youth Authority and its employees granted Gerardo Torrio Torres parole in 2020, despite a record of violent and disruptive conduct in and out of custody. Now, Rice was critically wounded by Gerardo Torrio Torres in Marion County in 2021 while she was in a car with the driver, Joshua Stewart. She was wounded. Stewart was killed in the shooting by Torrio. Now, Torrio Torres, who was 16 at the time, was the first juvenile charged after Senator Floyd Przonsky pushed through a bill that made significant changes to how it prosecutes juveniles accused of violent crimes. Instead of automatically being tried as adults, cases involving 15 to 17-year-olds go to juvenile court, where, of course, there's much lighter sentences. And those juvenile offenders are guaranteed to get out of jail at the age of 25. Oregon education officials released a guide last week on how schools should deal with gender ideology following, quote, dehumanizing media coverage against gender-affirming education, unquote. Now, it's a 48-page guide that was released by the Oregon Department of Education titled, Supporting Gender Expansive Students, Guidance for Schools. Well, if you dig down deep into this particular document, it actually encourages schools to not inform parents of their child's gender identity. Quoting from the document, to the extent possible, schools should refrain from revealing information about a student's gender identity, even to parents. And finally, oh, here's your feel-good story. You know how on regular newscasts they do the feel-good story with kitties and zoos and happy children and things that frolic? Okay, this isn't one of those. Actually, though, it's important to know because it is official. In Portland this year, they broke another record. 101 people in Portland in 2022 were murdered. That makes it the deadliest year in the city's history. It surpassed or surpassed the new record 
of 92 homicides set the year before. Both 2022 and 2021 have now far exceeded the previous peak of 70 people who died in homicides in Portland in 1987. Well, I guess Portland is, once again, number one. Let's look at the news, of course, brought to you by our friends at Chris Dental, Dr. Michael Bratland, doing the good work. Thanks, Doc. And, Rick, open up the reel. It sure can. You need to get real. Get on getting real. Get with it. All right. Thanks, Bill. Always love his news. We're also starting to, Dr. Bratland's going to start sponsoring. We're going to start pushing Bill's news out by itself during the week. So you can also see that same broadcast um, and tell your friends they can see it. Um, shameless promotion. We're always looking for more sponsors uh, to keep our show going, keep people out there. If you're somebody who wants to help in your business and you need uh, to promote yourself and you want to get behind a message that's not watered down and that's about truth, whether people agree or not, um, we're, we're looking for you. Here's our latest statistics from uh, December. and We took a week off. Uh, we're reaching almost 380,000 accounts on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and our website. Uh, so that's a lot of exposure for people. Um, if that's something you are uh, into or were wanting to do, look at that on Instagram right there. It's 92,000 impressions, engagement 10,000, 12,000 people on Facebook engaging with us. Um, or actually 128,000. So, um, yeah, you know, sometimes you just have to promote yourself, but we're always looking for more uh, help uh, so we can do what we do. And we want to thank Bill for his uh, hard work. He works hard on those newscasts. All right, share this on your page. That also helps. And um, hold on, I got one more comment here. I'm going to see what that is. 101 murders. Look out, Chicago. We're coming for you. Yeah, sad thing. But the best way to do things to make change is to continue to talk about it, especially when they don't want you to. That's my message for tonight. Okay, we'll be back tomorrow night. Um, we're going to have folks from uh, the uh, Idaho border. Um, they just picked up a couple more counties that want to participate in this whole thing. That's getting really interesting. And... Um, Oh, there's a really interesting story out of Monroe, Oregon. Um, and I don't know everything about it, but we're going to find out tomorrow night. So we're going to have two, a two, kind of a two-banger there. Uh, so that's tomorrow night, 5 o'clock your time in Oregon, 6 o'clock here in Montana. All right, have a good day tomorrow. I'll see you. Share it on your